This is episode two of four special introductory episodes that are being released every two weeks until the daily podcast begins streaming Monday, November 30th. Please subscribe now so that you never miss a day. Find us on most podcast streaming services as I Will Be Your Church Podcast or on our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. My own peace I give to you. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give you. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and unsettled. John 14, 1 and 27. So we see the peace the world tries to offer us, a fragile peace that's easily broken at the hands of sinful men and women, politicians who in their humanity make promises of peace and restoration and then break those promises time after time on both sides of that divide. We see them scrambling to create peace treaties in public that are broken by boardrooms in secret. And we have watched this happen for millennia. And yet we foolishly keep expecting and hoping that men and women will not fail us in bringing peace. Are you a seeker? Believer? Doubter or philosopher? Are you church-weary and disillusioned, or Jesus-loving and digging deeper? This church welcomes you all. Join siblings Ben and Joanna Church, your hosts for the I Will Be Your Church podcast, a daily discovery of the realm of God. Grow strong in the truth of God's presence and love so that you can say to your families, friends, co-workers, and social media worlds, I will be your church. Jesus said, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. Matthew 10, 34-36 At first glance, this scripture may not feel like good news, but let's dig in and discover a peace that is stronger, that goes deeper, and lasts infinitely longer than the peace the world is asking us to seek after and be satisfied with. Why would Jesus, who came to bring good news and the spiritual unifying of all people, regardless of gender, race, religion, or culture, why would he say that he is wielding a sword of division? As we head into the U.S. elections, in your homes, your schools, your workplaces, communities, social media feeds, the nation, and even the entire world, we are watching this scripture be played out in real time. A sword has been taken to us, 
There doesn't seem to be peace anywhere around us as we look at the world. Truly, it seems as if our enemies are actually the people in our very households. But let's look at what the actual purpose of that sword of Jesus is all about. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God, which is Jesus, is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and bone marrow. It exposes, that sword exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's the unborn spirits, the unrenewed souls. It's the hearts and minds filled with hate and anger and lust and greed and unforgiveness that his sword exposes. His words, which are his sword, exposes our intentions and motives, what we say versus what we do. His sword lays us bare. And right now, that is what we are witnessing in our own lives in our relationships, our homes, and in our world. We are seeing the hearts of mankind laid bare. And it isn't a pretty thing. And it's not peaceful. But it is necessary. Because what remains hidden in darkness just festers and rots us from the inside out. And the rot of human hearts becomes the breakdown of all of society. But when we shine light on our hearts and expose that rot and then allow the living and powerful sword of Jesus to come and separate that rot from our spirits and souls, it can be dealt with and taken out of us. I would think in this culture, Joanna, people would say that that's hateful, wouldn't they? Possibly, even though those themes and those ideas. (laughs) Right. Correct. So but in our culture today, those would be considered hateful themes and ideas when in reality it's true love and true compassion really that the lord is not willing to see his creation which has been separated from him he's not willing to keep it in that state he wants us healed he wants us reconciled to him in fact in so much that he gave his only son you know and died on a cross so that we could be reconciled to him And we shouldn't want to keep those things inside of us. And isn't that the, isn't that the interesting thing is that as humans, we're seeing how trying to keep hold of the very things that are inside of us, that his sword of living truth is trying to expose and reveal and cut away from us. Those things are what are killing us and killing Mm -hmm. our relationships. And, and they're what are making the people in our own homes are enemies because That's we right. can't get past the hate. We can't get past the anger. We can't get past the unforgiveness that's in our mm-hmm. hearts, which is why we need the sword of Jesus to come that's right. and pierce our hearts. It's like a doctor. Is it hateful for a doctor to diagnose you with cancer and then to tell you the remedy is radical surgery? It might to feel remove part of your moment. body, right? But what is it? It's healing. It's, it's healing. love. It's compassion for a sick individual. It would really be hateful for a doctor to know you had a sickness and not confront you with it and not diagnose you and then not recommend a course of action that removes that sickness from you in some way. Well, you see how we're backwards right now. So if that's the case, if our culture is backwards, 
how much more then is this scripture relevant to us today that the lord is sending a sword to our lives to our culture it's not that he's causing chaos that maybe some people might misunderstand this that his sword is supposedly causing chaos or it's destroying things no if you read verse 39 in that same chapter this is the real key of it to save your life is to lose it and to lose your life for my sake is to save it so for us to then turn from our own ways and our own sickness and our own depravity and turn towards him in the sacrifice and the blessing that he's given us through his death and resurrection that is saving our own lives yeah it's the answer mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're looking for the answer and and he's telling us that is the answer and here's the other side of that sword and that's why he says about a man's own family will be his foes you cannot live for god and not have the world hate you because do you want your sins exposed <laughs> i don't you know you know i i sin every day every human being pretty much sins every day somehow you know unless we had an awesome day with the lord that day and somehow we've completed his will for us in a, in a day awesome right you know but how many how can you say that every thought was for god that day or every word spoken was his perfect will i, I don't know I don't, I don't know if i can say that but if you're living for god the world is against you and jesus said don't be surprised if they hate you they hated me first and so there's the other part of that two-edged sword at first, it cuts us and exposes us, and it it's trying to bring healing in our own lives and reconciliation. But then on the other hand, it brings the whole world down upon us. And that's not to say that the world should be hating us because we are behaving poorly or because oh, yeah. we are trying to expose their sins. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus's sword does that. We don't do that. You know. <laughs> exactly. So if the world yeah. is hating us because we're being hateful people that's not we deserve what he's talking about yeah that's yeah. not what he's talking yeah. about here so when when we talk about the world will be against you it's the world system and the mm-hmm. people who hate the idea of there being something good and some people do we for whatever reason and we don't know why that is but there mm-hmm. are people who when they see goodness hate it right. and try to destroy it So as we're working through this with the Lord, as we're finding that surgery happening on our lives, there will be people who will look at that and not like what they see. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it means cutting away friends who haven't been a good influence or cutting away actions that you're doing that are harmful to you. And then mm-hmm. the people you used to do it with are like, well, why are you stopping that? Why aren't you doing that anymore? And so mm-hmm. that is okay. That is appropriate in that instance. What isn't okay is when the world is against you because you're being hateful. Right. And in that, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about that himself in his letters. If we're getting persecuted because we're idiots, then we deserved it. We disqualified ourselves. But I actually had a, a close friend who, a believer, he got into hanging out with some friends in the world, started kind of going down the world's path, hanging out with these guys, and uh, started getting into some situations that he knew just weren't of the Lord. And finally, he got convicted of that. The Lord said, are you going you gonna to go that way or are you going to follow me? And he, and he kind of got in deep with these guys, right? You know, he became their 
best buddies. And all of a sudden now they're in the stuff he's finding himself. I, well, oh my goodness. I didn't want to be involved in this stuff. And he had to make the choice. He had to walk away from that group of good friends. Now it was almost a trap in a way because now there's a peer pressure and there's mob mentality and group think, and you know, you're part of all this stuff. He had to walk away. And I tell you, a lot of people look down on him because of that. Stopped doing business with him, you know, ridiculed him, made fun of him. Not everybody, right? But some people. And he had to live with that. Now, did he get himself in that situation? Yes. He joined that group. He started participating. He started going against what the Lord had for him, made it worse for himself. But we all do that in some way or another. He was made fun of. He suffered persecution. But, you know, he's better for it now. Because that's what that sword does. Mm-hmm. It's cutting away. As it said, it cuts between the soul and the spirit. Well, why would we need to have a cut between our soul and our spirit? Because our spirit, when reborn by the power of God, that is perfect. That mm-hmm. is perfect and united with him. But our souls, sometimes they're still dealing with needing to be renewed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that sword has to come and cut between those two things and say, yeah, that may be where your brain wants to go. That may be where your body wants to go, but that's not where you're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And you have to cut that away and cut that out. That's not fun. And it can be embarrassing. Yeah. He had, he had to go to those guys. You know, he didn't just disappear one day. He went to those guys and told them, and, and repented before these worldly guys who had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> but the Lord convicted him so much. And, and he heard the father say, make this cut. If you're going to follow me, this needs to be cut out of your life. And he stood before those men and gave a testimony of who God was and how God was leading him back to himself and drawing him near to himself. And to, those, and to this day, you know, those guys, they have no excuse when those men stand before the Lord, if they don't receive him as Lord someday, they had my friend as a witness. He shared the gospel with them. And, and lived it out. Right. And he, lived, he suffered ridicule by trying to follow the Lord. I think that's just that image. This is just, that's just one story, one example, a small one of what we are seeing played out in the world right now. Exactly. And, and how we're seeing the hearts, our hearts, the hearts of the people around us, the hearts of our nation, of the world being exposed, being mm-hmm. laid bare, that there are choices, that there are paths. And we're seeing the splits that are happening because of that. It's hard, but it has to happen. That's right. And the reason why it has to happen is because of what Jesus says later on when he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. My own peace I give to you. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give you. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and unsettled. John 14, 1 and 27. So first he says, I didn't come to bring peace to the world, but a sword of division. But then he says, I am giving you the gift of peace of mind 
and peace of heart. So we see the peace the world tries to offer us, a fragile peace that's easily broken at the hands of sinful men and women, politicians who in their humanity make promises of peace and restoration and then break those promises time after time on both sides of that divide. We see them scrambling to create peace treaties in public that are broken by boardrooms in secret. And we have watched this happen for millennia. And yet we foolishly keep expecting and hoping that men and women will not fail us in bringing peace. While all the while the greatest peace treaty ever has been brokered between God and humanity, which has the power to bring true peace equally for all mankind. And that peace treaty has been established and offered to us all. I'm reminded of a Bob Dylan song from his album, A Slow Train Coming, I believe the name of it. Till He Returns is the name of the song. And one of the verses says, there will be no peace. The wars won't cease until he returns. He's talking about the Lord Jesus. There will be no peace. The wars won't cease until he returns. And Jesus said right there, that first verse in 34 in Matthew, that I did not come to bring peace to the earth or to society. Yet on the other hand, as you just read, there's a peace for each one of us individually. That even though there's chaos in the world, even though this division and even in homes across the earth is chaotic, we can live with a peace that passes understanding. I'm reminded of that song, that, that old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And actually, we just sang this in Sunday church recently. The man who wrote that was, was on a ship, and his wife and children had passed away. And even though sorrows and sea bills were rolling, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Because the Lord provides that peace for us. That even in... in Death in families, a division in families, our countries in chaos, wars, rumors of wars, economies crashing, diseases raging rampant. We stand before the Lord in peace in our hearts and in our minds. The world cannot say that. You know what the world's response is, Joanna? Burn down the cities, destroy the economy, ruin the lives of, the, of everyone in the world, and try to let tyranny reign over. That's their response to the chaos because they're going away from the Lord. The beauty is that the Christian's response, it is well with my soul. And that's awesome. And that's what I strive for every day. I think seeing those things happen, that shows the world's answer. Mm -hmm. We keep looking for the world to give us peace. The people who feel that rage that is forcing them out onto the streets that rage is because the world has once again let them as down. As it always will. As it always will. As long as we keep putting our hope in a politician mm -hmm. or in a political party or even putting our hope in the church people, because the church people will mm -hmm. fail us too because people fail. But the promise of Jesus that he is giving us a peace that is eternal, mm -hmm. that will not fail us, that will take us through the hardest situations. So that peace isn't just for me. I, I want to bring that peace. I want to help bring that peace 
to the people who feel the rage, who feel the abandonment, who feel the abuse, who feel the anger and the letdown. I want that peace to be established in me so that I can bring it forth and give it to other people and help them see there is a greater peace. They can take away any right they give you, the government gives you today. If it's something that they're giving you, it means it's something they can someday yeah, If it originated away. with them, it can end with them. That's right. What matters is getting the peace that cannot be taken right. from me. No matter what you do to my mind, no matter what you do to my body, this peace you cannot mm-hmm. have. It is mine, and it's been gifted to me by You God. remember that story of the martyrs years ago where the guys were in prison and they were burning them at the stake? And so the two guys made a patch together and they said, okay, if you go first, then you do this. Or if I go first, I'll do that. And if the Lord's sufficient, raise up one finger and, yeah. uh, and I'll let you know if God's grace is sufficient, you know, if I go first. And so as the, the first guy was going out and he's burning at the stake, he raised what both hands or something yeah. to let his companion in this cell know. God's grace is more than sufficient. Being burned at the stake and that peace was not able to be stolen from him. That's powerful. And that's because it's eternal. Yeah. It, the world doesn't the give body it. body burning. Yeah. And the body burning, that is temporal. Yeah. It, a few moments but the peace, of suffering. The peace is eternal. Well, what's the answer to these riots? What's the answer to racism and economic depression and poverty as a whole and sickness and disease and the curse of this planet. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to solve racism? Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. In reality, Joanna, the church has been on the cutting edge of all these social issues, if you think about it. No, I'm not saying every church as an, Obviously you know, because that's why we're doing this broadcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Not the ones sometimes you see featured on the news right. or you know, but the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth is <laughs> the answer to all racism, is the answer to poverty, is the answer to inequality, to every social justice issue that we face today. It's not economic issues and legislative action and, and right or left thinking ideology. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not that those things aren't important or good to fight for in terms of we want to have a land that is filled with good and just law. Mm -hmm. But again, at the end of it, that is temporal. Right. And what we're looking for is something eternal. I know, unfortunately, what happens right now in, in the world is when we start talking about these things, they're seeing an image of the gospel or the good news, the gospel just means the good news of Jesus. Mm -hmm. They equate that with people that they see holding signs condemning homosexuals to death. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they equate that with churches who say, you're not welcome in my sanctuary Mm -hmm. because of the color of my skin, because of my gender, because of whatever. And that, we're trying to break that equation. That's mm-hmm. what this conversation is about. We're breaking the equation between the false representation of the church and the good news 
of Jesus. And let me That's tell right. you, there are bodies of believers out there who believe what we're talking about, who believe in the good news, who believe in the breaking down of social, economic, racial barriers, because Jesus said that he came to break down those dividing walls and to bring Mm -hmm. us into one family, one body. And that's what we're talking about today. So the peace this world offers is weak. It's fragile. It's temporary and subject to the evil hearts and whims of mankind. But Jesus says that the peace he offers isn't like that. His peace is strong, eternal, and has the power to change the hearts of men and women. He may use his sword to pierce your heart open so that he can expose the rotten and broken and dark places. But once he has pierced them and separated them from you, he will fill you with his gift of peace. And people filled with the peace of God can overcome and change the entire world. But also be prepared. Sometimes when you find freedom from this world's way of looking at things and gain this peace, the people closest to you may not like it. Sadly, as Jesus said, the people of our own households can become our enemies when they see his peace working in our lives. But friends, quit looking to the world to bring peace. The world will always fail. Ask God to bring peace into your heart and into the hearts of your loved ones and the hearts of your enemies through Jesus and his powerful word. Then receive it and go out into the world and become peacemakers who change the world from the inside out. Well, my prayer for everyone listening, that today you would just respond to the heart of God towards you through the cross of Jesus Christ. He loves you and he gave his life for you. I would pray that you would repent or turn from evil ways and that you would turn towards the Lord Jesus Christ and his love. I would pray that you would embrace the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's word. And lastly, I would pray that you would be a willing doer of God's will in your life and in your world. So go out and do it. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us. Check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.